0: Welcome to the Storytelling Lab, where we break down how to get to the heart of your story and the hearts of your audience to leave the greatest impact possible. And now here's your host, a filmmaker and competitive storyteller, Rain Bennett. What's up, my beautiful people? Welcome to another episode of the Storytelling Lab, where we help you break down the art and science of storytelling. This podcast is a six-second stories production. Six Second Stories is a video marketing agency that tells heartfelt stories to help you maximize your impact and inspire action in minimal time. Check out more about what we do at SixSecondStories.com. Hello, all my compelling storytellers out there. Today's episode of the Storytelling Lab is a special episode from our Health and Happiness Storytelling Series. Today's story is the fourth and final story from our mental health storytelling night back in May. So when we hosted this night, it was the first of these monthly storytelling series that we had, but I knew that we'd be missing the mark if we did not associate with someone who was uh, a mental health expert, or at least a mental health association or organization. So we were fortunate enough to partner with and be sponsored by NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness. And so they were there and the executive director of the Wake County Association was in attendance and talked about what their uh, association tries to do and who they help. And here was arguably the best part of the evening Um, Annie was her name, the executive director, and she brought along one of their participants in the program or one of the the people who they serve. I don't I don't know what they call them, but this lady had been through their program and Nami had had helped get her back on her feet. And her name was Shelda Askew. And Shelda had been in prison before and had gone through, I mean, quite a lot, addiction, mental illness um, poverty, and like I said, incarceration, and found her way out. And not only that, but found a way to impact others that had gone through things things that she had. And I had a feeling, because I did these pre-calls with all of our storytellers to just kind of let them know the best format and kind of feel them out and see what their stories might be and guide them where they needed to be, if they if they did need to be guided. And when I talked to Sheldon, I was like, "Ooh, she's going to be good. Like we hit it off. She understood what we were going for. And I just could tell she had that personality. So when I created these uh, storytelling nights, I always looked at who we had and I kind of stacked the order in a purposeful way. Like I understood who might be a good like, lead off person, who might be a good closer. And I knew Shelda would be a good closer. I had a really strong hunch. And boy, was I right. She delivered. I mean, she had people crying. She had people laughing. And the best part was she was completely exposed and vulnerable and pouring her heart out there and pouring her story out there. And It was just profound. I mean, and it was an amazing, amazing story that she had gone through. Now, here's the thing. In a dark time like we're in right now with the coronavirus pandemic and this global crisis that we're dealing with, this is crucial, right? Telling a story is a way that we can provide others with a roadmap, okay? And this is is something we can utilize right now. Shelda told a story about how she navigated all these issues so when someone else that's going through those issues hears her story versus like an expert or a therapist or a mental illness uh, organization talking about what they should do when they hear someone's story who's actually been through these things that creates a connection and shows them a way through those obstacles. That is imperative and invaluable right now in in this time, especially in all times it is, but right now this is a time where we can connect through sharing stories and then secondly, I'd like to add that Annie, the executive director of Nami, was wise enough to use one of their what I call success stories that you know a story of a person who they helped and and she was wise enough to bring Shelda to tell her story because she knew that that would also tell the larger story of how NAMI impacts the people that it works with. So this is an amazing example of how we can use storytelling to see our way through the darkness and to tell the story of our organizations and how we help people without talking about ourselves. So here it is. I hope you guys love it.
1: I love, 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 love these type of events because every time I learn something new that mental illness does not discriminate, not at all, but again, I'm Shelda and I'm representing NAMI, a National Alliance of Mental Illness. I'm I'm in a program called In Your Own Voice, and in your own voice, I get opportunity to tell my story. Okay, so I'm going to take y'all on, on another side uh, of, of the world with my mental illness story, okay? And um, the only way I know how to tell my story, my truth, is to be as transparent as possible, okay? Because I know somebody can relate to my story, okay? So, and I'm actually here to give it away to keep it, all right? But I want to start when I was uh, young because that's where most of my traumatic experience first developed when I was a young child. I come from a very defiant home where my mother should have been diagnosed with bipolar because the older I got and the more I researched and studied and learned about my own diagnosis, I realized that she should have been diagnosed but was not because I come from a cultural, I should say, or a home front where somebody said we had to keep it secret because it was like taboo to talk about mental illness because that was a sign of weakness in in my cultural, in my household. So a lot of things I've done to suppress you know, how I was feeling, what my mother was doing. She was very abusive at times, happy at times, sad at times, crying at times, giving away money at times, whooping me at times, you know. So I have a variety of a lot of dysfunction and different emotions. So in order to suppress that, I learned at an early age to self-medicate myself and it started with marijuana And eventually, spiraled as I got older, um, dealing with my own mental illness and to crack cocaine. Um, But most of it came from uh, wanting to be in all, looking for love in all the wrong places, making a whole lot of different, unnecessary, very defiant choices. But again, that was my thinking pattern. That's what I was raised to think. And I was just considering myself doomed. To be a productive member of society. But uh, through those difficult times where I was self medicating myself, and actually I can say now it was because I had a diagnosis of manic depression, but I didn't learn that until we get to the good part of where I found hope. (laughs) Okay? Now, during that time, I made a lot of, lot of terrible terrible decisions. I stole, cheated, lied, anything to have crack, anything to have bomb bombs because I was 365 pounds in a room and that was my life. That's what I wanted. I was manic depression. It was a safe place to be in that dark room watching Oprah Winfrey eating bomb bombs, 365 pounds. And the only hope and the only thing that made me happy was smoking crack cocaine. So it was me, Crack, Oprah Winfrey, Bomb Bombs in this black room, you know, and I just wanted to sleep my days away. So I'm just basically trying to give you a vision from where I used to be. So thank God I'm so happy that I don't look like what I've been through, okay? So, with that being said, making bad choices, uh, y'all ever see that commercial? You go around, I don't know, it's the egg commercial. This is what drugs do to your your brain, you know? All I saw in that commercial was I wanted the fried egg. And then, (laughs) you know, because I'm a crackhead and, you know, verbiage I should watch, but again, I'm so transparent, guys, okay? (laughs) So, and then I saw that one with the circle going around, crack, food, food, crack, get high, get money, you know, so that was me, okay? Just a a brief description of where I come from. So with those type of behaviors and those thinking patterns, I developed, that's who I am, that's who I want to be, so I wanted to get high, so I end up writing a whole lot of checks, and I end up getting on probation. And with probation and being a crackhead, those don't mix too well. So my probation officer violated me, and I end up serving prison time for those worthless checks. But I tell you, and I say this with grace and dignity, that was the best thing that could possibly ever happen to me. Because, not because I wanted to sit there and get everything free, free clothes, free food, free laid down free TV. No, no, none of that. Because something is still with me, in me, always I knew I wanted to be more than what my life presented to me. But it was a time where I found out about recovery. I found out I had choices. I found out there was actually a diagnosis that I could relate to that made me know that I was not alone. I had a mentor and I, and I get weary-eyed every time I think of it because she, she I, in my first life, I never heard someone ask me, what's wrong? And in prison, I had a therapist who asked me, what's wrong? What can we do to help you, you know? And she instilled in me hope. It's my first time I ever experienced like, hey, wait a minute. I don't have to be like my mom. I don't have to smoke crack to order to deal with this. I can unsuppress it and I can talk about it. You actually mean to tell me there's a diagnosis to why I'm so depressed and why I feel like this? And I, it gave me a new ideal and a method of thinking. It transitioned me. So when I got out of prison, I, de- I just decided to start developing and, and changing those tools, but it's all in a way I start thinking about myself. I start realizing I had work. I start knowing I had worth. So I had the opportunity to change my life because it was me, the woman in the mirror, that had to make those choices. And I choose me. You know, I choose self-care. I choose different coping strategies. Was it hard? Yes. I'm not going to say when I got out I had this newfound light. No. It's a matter of taking steps. It's a matter of being selfish, knowing that self-care does sometimes mean you have to be selfish. It comes a time in my life where I had to deal with my mother with a long-handled spoon because she was my trigger. Because I was in recovery. She wasn't. It comes a time where I had to realize all the people that I heard it during my process of being an addict, my children, have I lost people along the way? Yes, I have, but I have gained so much more, and one of them is the opportunity to sit here and let you guys know that Mental illness have have no one person they aim at. And there is hope for recovery. There is hope for coping strategies where I had to substitute and balance, you know, and replace all those negative thinkings. Instead of eating bomb-bombs, I choose to go to the gym. I choose to make a lot of self-care choices. Instead of smoking crack, I use my higher power. My pathway to my recovery is my higher power. Some do, do choose different things, which is great great. great, awesome, but I'm here just to instill hope in anyone who choose to listen. And at this point, I'm at a point where I choose not to park at the point of my pain. I choose to continue to grow, continue to go on, and continue to give back. I stay very humble to my recovery and for those who choose to listen. And because I'm so humble, I choose to open up a business where I offer peer mentorship and wellness to recovery and things of that nature. So. That's my story. What you see is what you get, you know, and now I'm living happily ever after. And, you know, hey to recovery.
0: My name is Rain Bennett. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed that episode, do us a favor and subscribe to the podcast. If you're already a subscriber and you're enjoying the show, give us a review and let us know the value that you've gotten from it. We'd love to hear from our listeners and learn about the benefits that they're getting from the show. That's what fuels us and that's what fuels the show. And if you've already subscribed and you've already reviewed it and you think there's someone else that would benefit from listening to this show, please, please share it with them. The more we grow, the more we can help you grow. And that's what we're here to do.